Welcome, everybody, to Media Sandwich Reheated, episode 13. I'm Chris. They're like 13. Yeah, yeah, I'm Kyle, and I'm in the car on the phone, and I apologize for that. Let's just get past it. So, yeah, you're here uh, with Media Sandwich Reheated with Chris and Kyle. And, uh, boy, we got uh, we got a day. I have four things I'm going to want to talk about today, Kyle. Uh, number one with a bullet is going to be the Nintendo Direct, which we're going to save, I think, for the bulk oh yeah uh, that's 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 back half stuff back half stuff yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be our our main segment will be the nintendo direct that came out today today being uh february 13th Ooh, 13th episode recording the 13th kyle we did it we have we've synergized with the universe at last yeah uh, yeah the planets are aligned and uh, uh the moon is in the seventh house yeah and, speaking uh, Speaking of synergizing with the universe, uh, Captain Marvel's website is phenomenal, and I want to touch on that briefly. Um, oh, what a great idea that was. What a yeah. simple, fantastic idea. Uh, Frozen 2 had a new teaser trailer today. Definitely. I wanted to talk about that. Got to talk about that a little bit. And, of course, uh, since last time, um, we I had some things prediction about Smash Brothers and... Uh, Basically, Piranha Plant, and now I can finally talk about Piranha Plant because Piranha Plant's out, and I'm going to start with that, Kyle, because... <laughs> because you I, were right. I was right that it was going to be within a week, and that, I mean, that wasn't a hard... That was an easy guess. It's like, hey, it's in Oregon. Is it going to rain tomorrow? Oh, boy, yeah, I think it's going to rain tomorrow. Oh, look at that. I was right. Uh, <laughs> it was It was kind of um, amazing that Piranha Plant came out sooner than everyone anticipated, because everyone assumed it was going to be in February, and it came out a couple days before that with the 2.0.0 update, and uh, he is such a fun character. I'm astonished with um, how much fun he is to play, and it's yeah. it, it really, it makes me the most, like, the special kind of happy um, that Smash Brothers can make me with a character who you do not expect will work and should not by any means work, and yet he is now one of my favorite characters in the game, of a game that, that already has me. like seventy plus characters. That happened to me on the la- on the last Smash Brothers with uh, ooh, sorry, bad hop there. Uh, that happened to me with uh, Bowser Jr. Just oh, didn't Bowser. look like a character that it didn't look like a character that worked. But totally works. And some would argue he doesn't work. I still think he's one of the <laughs> funnest. He's a very technical character. He's a trolley character. Um, really, with I have played, I played Smash Four so much. I hundred percented that one. I learned how to play every single character competently because when you play through to do all the challenge mode challenges, not challenge mode, but like all the challenges in the game, one of which. In Smash 4 for Wii U was you have to beat All Star on hard with every character. When yeah, that's did rough. That, it is really rough. What it does is it forces you to learn characters like best moves and kind of their kill moves because you need to know how you need their kill moves for that. Uh, you need to learn their escaping moves. You need to learn some of their intricacies. So I learned how to play pretty much every character, and and it forces you to play slightly higher uh, skill with a character that you wouldn't have expected. So, like, I learned characters that were way out of my wheelhouse, like Meta Knight. I learned how to play him a little bit. Uh, like Pac-Man and Mega Man, I learned how to play them a little bit. Wario and 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 people like that. People that I just do weren't playing. And I was like, oh, this character can actually work and be really fun for me. And so in Ultimate now, there's nothing in Ultimate that has forced me to play with every character, which is a downside. 
I have. I don't remember if last time I had said I had 100% of the game. No, I hadn't because I was I was frustrated. I was waiting. The 2.0.0 yeah. update did finally include the 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 Pikachu the partner Pikachu spirit that I needed previously to have the um, the uh, Let's Go Pikachu the game right. saved in. So now they finally just include like okay. Partner Pikachu, Partner Eevee, and these three event-exclusive spirits. So we're adding these five spirits that were timed, technically, or here they are. They're in the game. Now you can just unlock them normally. Like, thank you. That's I'm I'm assuming that's going to be kind of the norm, is we're probably going to see little spirit updates here and there. There might be more little events with exclusive event spirits that pop up. And then the major update in iteration will you know, make those permanent to the game, which I'm, I'm actually okay with that. That doesn't scare me as much as thinking that there are some that will, I'll, if I miss it, then it's gone forever. Cause that's, yeah, that's, that, not, that's the part that burned you really bad was at the time it was, it was just going to be a case of, look, you get one or the other. And well, I, I always hate those decisions. It's well, it's not one or the other. It's like, Hey, either you spent $120 to buy the same game twice, one with one, you know, fuzzy animal and with another fuzzy animal, or you have a friend who has the save date or something, or I don't know, but it felt like it favored. It seemed like a ridiculous thing when it's like, I just want to have this done, dude. Like I have put a lot of effort into this game and I have kicked its butt and kicked my own butt to do everything there was to do in that game. And I really love smash ultimate. It's great. I love all the, the flourishes. I love the new characters. Just absolutely. The new characters are super fun. That's um, what I keep hearing is that they just, they, of anything, they hit it out of the park with all the new characters, which yeah, it's that's a, that's a big thing. Cause you can't really say that with that many characters with, I mean, you can't say that with every version of Smash Brothers that they hit it out of the park with new characters. I mean, I think they did, though. I mean, every single one has included a bunch of new characters that were totally different than everyone before them. And I feel like Ultimate, they almost couldn't have made it that different, and yet they still somehow managed to make half new characters very different. The other half were pretty close to what we already had. Like, Isabel is not a new character. She's just like a remix of Villager. But she's still fun. Um, but then you've got big new characters like like the Belmonts and, and Ridley and K. Rule and Incineroar. Incineroar has become one of my favorites as well as K. Rule. Just I love big beefy boys who hit hard and can just <laughs> they're fun. They're just I love big hits. I love big hits. So like when I play, I play consistently as like Donkey Kong. Um, because, or, you know, Charizard was one of the ones I played in Smash 4. Not as much now because he's tied into Pokemon Trainer, but I love me the big hits. It just feels fun. And you got to go for the dunks. It's all about the dunks. That's why Donkey Kong is one of my mains now in this one is because he just, he has like four different dunks and that's, (laughs) that's too many dunks, but it's also not enough dunks for me. Thank you very much. Um, and so adding Piranha Plant was, of course, out of left field edition. And everyone, you know, did the initial, why did, oh, why did he deserve a slot and no one else did? It's like, chill out, dude. This is exactly what we want to see from Smash Brothers. This is, and really, it's kind of a last send-off to the Nintendo characters. Because they've already said that the five DLC characters have been chosen. Uh, they were decisions made. They were picked out of a grouping from, like, Sakurai's team picked out from a grouping. Nintendo approved all of them uh, with the partners and 
from the understanding from interviews, the five who are going to appear are from franchises that have never appeared on Smash Brothers before, which almost guarantees they have to be third party or at least un- unexpected ones. We know yeah. one of them is Joker from Persona 5, which leaves four slots wide open. And then and now the speculation has gone off the rails because nobody knows. No one can guess. And with the uh, recently Microsoft said, oh, yeah, by the way, my uh, Xbox Live is now going to be cross compatible with the Switch, which is a big excuse me. Hello. Can you explain that? What you mean by that? And they're like, no, not until GDC <laughs> in March. Like that seems like. That could either be very simple of like, oh, no, you can have your account. So like when you're playing Minecraft, and you want to get, you know, achievements across the board. You, you play them on your Switch. It's fine because it's our game. But it, to me, it feels like Microsoft is realizing that, hey, we don't have a mobile version of our system. Nintendo does and Android does. What if we utilize these partnerships? Because it's not competition. The Switch and, and, and the Xbox One are not competing. Xbox One has the far superior graphics and hardware um, for that big, beefy, big graphical experience. The Switch has a vastly superior console when it comes to portability and what the actual consumer wants right now, which is just, I want everything handheld, apparently. Everyone has proven again and again and again that the best system is not always the strongest system. It's what people are asking for. And I was surprised, but yeah. they have they've hit it out of the park with what they wanted. And so now we've got this this new handheld, and they're I'm pretty I'm I am almost hundred percent certain we're gonna get Halo on the Switch and that we're gonna get Master Chief added to Smash Brothers, which just seems like Top trolling to say that, but it feels almost like how could it not happen at this point? Like you say that, and a lot of people would immediately tell you, oh, that's so far-fetched. Microsoft would never agree to that. But at the same time, I almost feel like Microsoft would agree to that just to dunk on Sony. Oh, yeah. Microsoft right now is realizing that if they can dunk on Sony, they're going to take it. Sony is kind of making some mistakes of not – they're kind of losing a lot of ground. Not enough that they're in danger, but they're losing a lot of ground. And Microsoft is realizing, look. I think they've realized we're not going to win this one. We totally are. We're so far behind. We need to now start to build back trust and like likability. Yeah. Yeah. Microsoft, they, they launched their console this generation and it was a friggin' beta mm-hmm. and it had so much wrong with it. And they promised so much out of that box and less than half of what they promised eventually appeared. Well, they made things like they said they had concepts for the Xbox One that they had to remove before launch because the backlash was so severe, and that's uh, that's a sticky one. It's mostly that their the PR on that was really really bad. Like they couldn't ha- they because they couldn't control the executives because the executives were saying whatever they wanted to, and none of them knew the proper messaging. So they they messaged things really poorly from a high level. And even though the people who knew what it was, the people who were supposed to be talking about it, were actually messaging it correctly, as soon as someone got a hold of an executive who didn't know really how to talk about it, they just started talking out the side of their mouth. And everyone's like, oh, no, this guy. Yeah, it's surreal. Uh, we we really like to, to do the Marvel versus DC thing with the movies and how they're handling their movie franchises. Mm-hmm. Uh Microsoft and Nintendo with this generation of consoles really did a, a goofus and gallant here with like 
Microsoft came out with the Xbox One, and they were like, would you like a box that does everything? Yeah. And everybody said, yeah, absolutely, of course. They said, okay, would you like a box that does almost everything, but not this, this, and this? Uh, 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 sure. Like, which one do you have? And it's like, well, how about we give you a box now, and then next year you can buy a box from us that's got the real good shit, the real good graphics and such. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Like, it, it just, it felt like the 360 all over again, where they launched the 360, didn't really know what to do with it, Months went by with people just kind of laughing at it, going, yeah, I guess if you want one of those, you can, but mm -hmm. there are like three games and they're all available to play in the demo. And sure enough, you know, Nintendo drops their console on time and says, well, okay, we were a little bit behind everybody else, but uh, our thing is a different thing. And Although they pushed, I mean, I don't say they dropped on time. They, they pushed that. The switch was not ready for prime time. Okay, well, I, I'm most I'm mostly referring back to the Wii. Okay, gotcha. The Wii and the PlayStation Three came out, what like six months at least after the the 360. Uh, it was a year. It was a full year. Yeah, full, I think it was a full year. But like, well, my my point is, Microsoft with the Xbox One, they did this really weird backwards thing where they said, "All right, here's the box." And it's going to do this, 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 and this. You're going to have television. We're going to start making our own in-house TV programs that you can watch. Oh, oh. You, can, you can watch over-the-air channels using this thing as a tuner. You can use it as a DVR. You can, you can watch TV on one half of the screen while playing a game on the other half of the screen. You can do all sorts of shit. And, and you can do it all completely, completely hands-free using the Kinect. And slowly but surely, they had to backtrack every single one of those boasts and get rid of every single one of those features, including Hold the Kinect. Pause for a second. I got to help put Charlie back to bed. One second. Oh, okay. Hey, bud, what's up? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Chris makes, makes a good point about uh, the Switch. It was pushed back quite a bit more than, than where they wanted to release it. I realize that. My main, my main point there uh, is mostly that Microsoft is doing things backwards from, say, Nintendo, who uh, gave us the proof of concept for the console itself, and then started launching features one at a time. It's a different thing. Did you just monologue while I was gone? I monologued while you were gone, but I, I'm, I, I need more practice at that. <laughs> so I think we've said pretty much all there is to say about Microsoft and all that. Um, yeah, like it's yeah. my my point there was basically that the Xbox One has been an, a, a backwards exercise. In yes. he, here's all the features that this could have, and then mm -hmm. they get then they get rid of each promise one by one when they realize oh. Not only can we not do this properly, but also our statistics show people might not give a shit. Yeah. And Nintendo, oddly enough, were like, would you like to play video games? Would you like to play video games anywhere? Would mm -hmm. you like to play both handheld and console on the same device so that you don't have to buy both? 
would you like it to all work? That's then, what we've got yeah. so far. Yeah, and they've had their issues. The main issue is Switch Online is just plain bad. It's just it plain bad, and it's it a is, but but. We, you got to also remember, though, that Nintendo has not been in the online marketplace and communication hub scene nearly as long as the others. You know, BS. They... BS at this point. This is the, here's the thing. Microsoft okay. jumps in with Xbox Live on the, X, the original Xbox and they get their act together within like that first window. And the, for well, Xbox serve, Xbox Live service. Xbox Live is the reason why Xboxes exist still. Yeah. Xbox Live was phenomenal. Um, play, it's like Sony PlayStation Online, like, we're going to do that with um, the PlayStation 3, definitely. And it's like, uh, get better, guys. And then they got better because the PS2. It was could go online, but wasn't very good yet. No one else was really pushing for online stuff, and the the GameCube was able to go online with like um, Fantasy right. Star Online. That was basically it. I think there was maybe had, one or two. Uh, games. Yeah, both of those had like actual uh, Ethernet plugs. Yeah, you well, you had to buy a modem for your system that plugged like added on to it. It was oh, silly, God. and they were so exclusive and expensive that basically no one ever really used the online features for those. Um, so then when you get to the Wii and the PS3 and the Xbox 360, Xbox 360 is like online, rock solid, this is how it works. We are in charge, we know what we're doing. Uh, PS3 is like, well, we don't know what we're doing yet, but we're going to work on it. At least our online is free right now. So that's kind of something. And the Wii is like, our online is also free. And it's pretty much only Wi-Fi based because, and here we go. We're not really going to have a big focus on online, but it's free. So when you like, you try to play Smash Brothers Brawl online and it's crap, you're like, that's fine. It's online. But then they had other games online like Mario Kart Wii. Uh, that one was perfectly fine online. And so it's like, okay, that's fine. And they had the DS. They had an online version with the DS. And the online version of DS was, was pretty good, too. Like, I didn't have a lot of problems with it because the games that required it were fairly simple. So then when we get to the Wii U and the 3DS, the 3DS is online was always pretty good. Like, I had very little issues with the 3DS online anytime I used it. The Wii U online could be really good, could be really bad. Usually really bad with their main title for Smash Brothers. That's the thing is that Smash Brothers should be rock solid it should be the crispest online experience they can offer if they can't hit that they're not hitting online and they're still making that mistake now with the current online service except now we're gonna have to pay for it and they're just too far gone like to say that oh well they haven't been in as long doesn't matter microsoft got it like one and done they figured it out immediately sony took two iterations to get to it nintendo was on its third console iteration fifth like device iteration that is used online they have no excuse not to have online figured out at this point I, i'm not i'm not trying to excuse it you're right it's at this point i mean take take away how many times they've they've had a shot at it i mean they're nintendo they should get this right yeah they should get this right especially when their whole device at this point lives and dies by a Wi-Fi signal. Speaking of take the shot, we should actually talk about Apex Legends. We should talk about Apex Legends, because, uh, I mean, you're going to talk about Brawl, and you're going to talk about a lot of other Nintendo stuff. Yeah, uh, I don't got a Switch. 
but I do have an Xbox One, mm-hmm. uh, despite all of its flaws. <laughs> and uh, an Apex Legends came out kind of by surprise this last week. Yeah. And because there wasn't much, there wasn't much announcement or fanfare at all. It was just kind of like, "Hey, by the way, would you like a new battle royale? Uh, would you like one that's squad based? Hmm? Would you like one that's squad based, free to play, and?" not half as toxic uh it's all sounding good well what's the catch oh by the way it's made by respawn the guys who made titanfall all right welcome i was sold i was sold right there because respawn i love those guys you want to know know, um you want to hear a really happy story kyle yes i do i need as Um, many happy stories as i can get i mean apex legends is already a happy story uh in the last week, the sales and the concurrent users for Titanfall 2 have skyrocketed. I read that today, and I was so excited to see that, because one, yeah. I want to go and play. Yeah. I just I discovered Titanfall 2 after everything was over, and let's face it, it was kind of over as soon as that game launched, because, well... Even we'll, though everyone who's played it has been like, Titanfall 2 is fantastic. It, yeah, every I've never heard anybody say anything objectively bad about that game. It's mm-hmm. it's always gotten glowing words from everybody. I I think really the only reason why it's not as well remembered as it should be is it was just launched at exactly the wrong time next to yeah. other A titles that it was just baffling the decision, which mm-hmm. leads us to Apex Legends oddly. Yeah. Because Apex Legends, as well, was launched right up against some other big EA titles. And it's like, EA, EA, did they not understand that they were going to start eating away at their own sales and their own, you know, interactions and uh, impressions, I think is the industry term they use when it comes to people clicking? Like, it's, I mean, the first time around... I oh god I'm now I'm trying to rack my brain to remember but what was the other big title that was coming out about that time? I guess Titanfall two. It was Titanfall two, but I'm ta- I'm talking. What was the other one that EA was coming out with? Was it a was was, either, was there a? It was either Battlefield or it wouldn't have been oh, Mass I Effect. I remember it was Battlefield one. Yeah, it's Battlefield one. Uh. Right, so what what got me into thinking about this is that Anthem is coming out, right? Yeah, sure is. <laughs> it sure is. We've, yeah, we've the, certainly yeah. seen enough about it. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I understand Anthem is not a battle royale, and it's not, you know, it's not a, it's not a competitive play game. Mm-hmm. But it is a massive online multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And it is a shooter. Mm-hmm. It's EA game. Mm-hmm. And fi shooter. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, why now? Why, why late January, early February for this game? Like, if Anthem is EA's real actual push at some kind of crossover hit, great. But, yeah, okay, I've got it right here. So, 2016, Battlefield 1 comes out. Titanfall 2 comes out within a week. Yeah. A week. And as a consequence, Titanfall 2's community just effectively never existed. Mm -mm. It was small. It exists, but it was small. And 
that game is awesome, but hardly anybody played it. And and funny enough, Battlefield One was not that big of a hit either. Yeah. So and sure enough, Battlefield Five came out recently. Kinda wet the bed, if I understand correctly. It didn't do what they wanted it to do, sales wise. Never did. And and Anthem's coming out when now? That's coming out. I believe next month or next week. Yeah, it's coming out March. It's yeah. it's within a, It's with it's very short window from now. It's coming soon, and um, the response like that one's not going to do well. <laughs> it's well, it's the. Well- it's, it's like it's not going to do well because they are trying way too hard to squeeze every cent out of it that they possibly can with their like nine different tiers of of purchase and then their ten different tiers of play. Mm-hmm. Like we all saw that that grid, right? That stupid grid with oh, like, yeah. oh, buy this version, you get all of these features, but if you buy this version, you get all of those plus these, and it's like. <laughs> This is a video game. It's not a Patreon. You can't yeah. do that shit. Just give us the game for $60, I would hope. But <laughs> I, I, I know that I, I can hope for the best and expect the worst. Of course. And my, my theory is that Battlefield Five shit the bed. Apex Legends is kind of EA's way of plugging the dam while Anthem is still finishing all of those last-minute crunch time things. And Apex was likely supposed to come out at a different time. I don't know that EA is pushing this one at all. I think this is just like Respawn did a thing, and it feels like they probably didn't even think that hard about it. They're like, yeah, let's just kind of do this. They're like, hey, what if, uh, what if PUBG and Overwatch had a baby? <laughs> like, I don't what know what PUBG would it be. Baby. That w- that mostly got all of Overwatch's good features. It's like what if what if PUBG, Overwatch, and Fortnite had a baby, and they're like, oh, okay, well, I guess let's let's make that game. I'm like, okay, cool. That seems like the most paint by numbers thing. What is it? Eh, it's kind of you know squad based, character hero based. Like, okay, what else? You know, it's a battle royale. All right, fine. Uh, you know, here's how it works. it's going to be free to play. Like, okay, that's smart, and you don't even have to pay the online service fee, which is critical. Because I'm able to play it on PS4 without having to pay for an online service on the PS4. Oh, I see. I was under it's, the impression that you did have to pay for the No, for the online. you yeah. don't. It's the same thing as Fortnite. It's one of the reasons that Fortnite is making more money than Jesus right now. Well, Jesus didn't make a lot of money, but the point is, <laughs> it's making a lot of money is what I'm saying. Fortnite made billions of dollars last year, and that's not a hyperbole. It did make billions last year. Yeah. And one of the big reasons is that it's on everything and it does not require you to pay a cent to play it, even including an online service, which is really, really smart because that means that everyone is going to try it at least once. Because once you tell people, here's a game, it's free to play and you don't have to pay any extra fees, see if you like it. And so people are jumping in and trying this game that I don't think they would have tried normally. And as a result of so many people trying this game and a lot of people loving it, but maybe some people are like, it's not quite the game for me. Now, of course, they're looking back at Titanfall 2 and realizing, oh, well, the developers have made Apex Legends. I love this. Oh, what? Titanfall 2 is very similar to this in, like, in like polish and stuff? Oh, that's really cool. I'm going to go pull it back and play that now. Cool too. It takes place within the canon of Titanfall. Yeah, and that's and connecting it was very smart of them. And so like, I did finally play a round of Apex Legends last night. And I'm not going to play anymore, but that's on me because I'm. this is just not my game. It's and not I your 
either. Like a battle royale is not a Chris Pranger game in my it's opinion. It's not a Chris Pranger game. Uh, it's not battle royale is not my type of game. You know, squad based shooters not my type of game. First person shooter in general is not really my type of game. All of these things are just just not hitting where I need them to hit. And my I played one match and only one match, and my team of three uh, were the champions. We won. Oh well, that's uh, at least a good experience. No, because oh. I. I go through the tutorial, and as much as I'm praising the game, I'm going to now dunk on the game um, and grouse about it. The, so my tutorial was um, really terrible because the the character who's giving me t- um, tutorial details, his dialogue starts, and then his second pair of dialogue starts overlapping each other. So I'm hearing him talking twice at me, and I can't understand either of them. Which is a weird bug, and it didn't happen just once. It happened almost every time a character tried to give me tutorial something, they would say something, and then immediately their next line of dialogue would cut into that and overlap each other. Okay. And that seems like, okay, obviously this is very early game. This is this is weird, whatever, it's free. Let's, let's do this. So the tutorial seemed simple. The tutorial had me excited, like, oh, these controls seem simple. I like this. Fine, this is cool. Oh, these guns feel fine. They feel cool. I'm going to just try a match. Why not? Let's jump into, oh, no. I'm in a group of three. I didn't know I would be doing that. For some reason, I didn't realize I would be in a group of, of three. Oh, no. The two other guys have headsets. I don't have a headset. I will not be talking to these guys. Uh, oh, no. We have to drop. I don't actually understand what this game is. Is it a battle royale? Is it not? Do we have objectives? Where do we go? Is there a circle that closes? There probably is. What am I doing? And it's like, okay, you're jumping. And it's like, hey, you're jump leader. I'm like, oh, no. Why would you do that? So I'm like... But you can relinquish jump leader. I didn't know that. I don't know what the I don't know what the buttons well, meant. It's like did the first match, Chris. It's like jump or don't jump, and I was like, I don't know. We're dropping guys, and it's like I don't. I didn't know what we were doing basically. So we land, and I have no idea what's happening in this. And I'm running around, and I picked a character. I don't remember what her name was, but she's she's like she's the soldier, and I'm like that sounds like me. I'm gonna be a soldier. I don't even know what her special is. I don't know what her super is. I haven't tested them in in training, and I haven't tested them in this match. Still don't know what she does because I didn't want to use them because I was afraid of like doing something stupid. So I never tested them because it's not like in Overwatch. If I need to test something, that's fine. I'll lose a life and come back. In this, it's like no. If you screw up, you give away your team's position, and and you're gonna get ganked. So I'm running around trying to understand, like, okay, so it's like PUBG where I have to find my equipment and I have to, like, put on a helmet and backpack and other gear. And it's like Fortnite, and then I have so many stupid options to pick from. And it's like Overwatch because I got my squad here and we're, we have our specials. And, like, I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm not seeing anyone else. And at the end of the ge- of the match, after all of this... I had zero kills, even though I assisted in kills, and I had zero revives, mostly because I wasn't close enough to them because I had a sniper rifle, so I was trying to, like, give them cover fire from another angle. Um, So we win, and it's the worst feeling where the two guys are talking, and I'm level one, and it's clear. It's like, this is a level one character, and the only way you're ever level one is that this is your first game. Welcome to the game. Um, These guys are, like, level 16 and level 20, I think. And their comments like, like, yeah, talk, you know, 
talk about carrying someone on a team. Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I think that I feel pretty bad about that. I'm going to leave now. Bye. Oh, well, you see, you've, you've fallen prey to one of the classic blunders, the most famous of which is just don't play Battle Royale games because a lot of the people on them are terrible. But Sometimes. On, honest to God, Chris, why the hell would you listen to those guys talking? I didn't know how to turn them off. And I was in the middle of a battle royale. I don't have the ability to like, oh, let me take a break, everyone. I got to whatever. I do yeah, think I've had the exact opposite experience with this game that you have. First of all, I've had no technical bugs whatsoever. Good Not for you. Minute, which is ridiculous. That shouldn't be because this is still a beta technically. Yeah. But no, I've had nothing but polish on my end. I understand that that's not a universal thing, but <laughs> I've had no no technical glitches, no problems, hasn't crashed on me, hasn't kicked me out, nothing. Mm-hmm. Except for one thing that I don't even know if it's a glitch or if it's just my settings and the settings are like kind of organized badly. That is one thing that I will criticize about the game is the settings menu is just incomprehensible especially in a quick moment where you're trying to switch off but Mm -hmm. i could not get my headset to work Mm. couldn't i couldn't work on output uh i did play a match uh last night with dan Mm. so we were playing together as buddies so i could hear him because (laughs) i had joined his party or whatever the the brand specific terms are for microsoft mm-hmm. so i could hear him he couldn't hear me so it's got to be something on my end it's my settings but couldn't hear uh, he couldn't hear me i could hear him because i was joined to him mm-hmm. but i never could hear anybody else hmm. through all of my matches i've never heard anybody I I'll, see little, I'll see the little volume icon uh you know bounce up and down so i can see they're speaking I can't, I can't, I'm not going to listen to anybody because, uh, those of you who haven't played this game, by the way, we're not describing it terribly well, but, uh, if there's one thing about the game that's different is there is a communication system that requires no actual speaking to each other. And that's what sold me on actually playing. And it is actually a very, very smart system. And I will praise them for that. The ping system, if I understood how it worked and I didn't, learn it smartly enough. Uh, but it is very clever that you can basically communicate without having to ever actually talk. And that's wise, I think. Yes. Yeah. You can, you use uh, with the Xbox version, it's the, uh, the right bumper to, uh, you can ping a location as if to say, let's go explore over here. You can ping any item or weapon saying, Hey, look, there's this over here. Mm hmm. You can you can ping an enemy to say enemy spotted. You can ping a, a squad member. You you can ping anything using yeah. just that one button, and the game does the communication for you. It'll say out loud, you know, there's ammo over here, or enemy spotted, or let's explore this way. It says all of that for you, but you're just pressing the one button. And I'm sitting here going, oh god, why didn't we come up with this back during the days of Halo One? Yeah. Like, oh god, it would be so, I I would have been playing online multiplayer first person shooters for a decade now if there <laughs> was a way for me to communicate with other people 
without ever actually having to exchange a real dialogue with them. Yeah. I don't understand what it is about me. And I'm, it's just me. Like I'm, I'm at a point now where I don't even like to talk on the phone with most people. <laughs> so, you know, I, when, when it comes to, by the way, you're going to talk on the phone with strangers who are trying to shoot you. Also, most of them are going to be younger than you and able to sit and play this game for six hours at a time. You have 15 minutes and you've never played before. Go. Mm. I, that doesn't sound like a good time to me. <laughs> so I, I absolutely love this ping system. It is, it is possibly the best part of this game for me. And the best part is that it works. It totally yeah. works. I have won matches without ever exchanging a single word verbally with the guys on my squad. Nice. It just comes from it comes from good communication skills. You'll have and, and if you play enough matches, you'll see this. You'll have squads who like they're just not interested in your existence. They're just like, mm -hmm. look, I'm here to shoot at people. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going this way. And the game thankfully allows you to do this if you're one of these people. During the jump, you can break away from your squad and go wherever you want. You don't have to stick with your squad. You don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a dick move. <laughs> it's a total dick move. But if you're one of those people, yeah, I would much rather you just pike off, go get killed, go do your thing, go be a lone wolf, whatever. I'll stick with the one other person. We'll do better to the two of us than with the two of us and your whiny ass, you know, saying stuff like, why'd you drop us here? Yeah. Like, that was... That, that's the only negative experience I've had in Apex Legends so far is having one person, like, text chat to me, why the hell did you drop us here? You're an idiot. And I'm like, I dropped us in the middle of a, a city? <laughs> weapons and armor and... What the hell are you talking about? Like, I mean, I'm just, like, stressed as a level one. Like, my first time, anyone was like, why'd you do that? Like, I don't know... I don't, none well, of this, I, I don't want to frame reference. You just got to shut it off. It's just yeah. like the comments on a YouTube video. You just shut it, like, don't even look. Well, because if you, if you just communicate using the ping, mm. the other people on the team will understand that almost immediately as he's communicating by ping. Okay. I, if they have good communication skills, they'll start to communicate to you using the ping mm. rather than using chat. And, yeah, like the, the two or three matches that I've won out of the, I don't know, dozen or two dozen that I've played, I think all three of the matches that I won, it was a case of, I don't know you guys, you don't know me, we're not talking, look, just ping, just ping me, just, mm -hmm. just show me where to go, tell me what you want me to do, I'm a support character as it is anyway, and that's another thing I love about Apex Legends is there are support characters, and because it's squad-based and there's this really efficient one-button communication system, you can play as a support character and do really well. Hmm. And also, added bonus, some of the characters in Apex Legends apparently are queer, and it's making man-babies lose their shit. Yeah. And I oh, man can't help but love that. I'm, and it, as it turns out, I, by accident, fell into my main being uh, Gibraltar. Mm-hmm. Turns out he's he's either gay or bi. Yeah. I as as I've been told, 
I haven't seen a speck of lore or plot or or dialogue or anything about the game, by the way. Like you've played you've played one match and the tutorial. There's it's a battle royale. There's there's no plot. Oh yeah. I, there is a plot, but it's somewhere. <laughs> like it's buried somewhere, like on Respawn's website. Or I'm sure there's a menu option to go read the archives and see who all the people are. Surely. But none of that stuff affects the game. It's just a game where you drop in and you shoot at each other. Mm -hmm. So telling somebody, oh, by the way, while you're dropping in and shooting each other, uh, the character you're playing as is Mm non-binary. And to see people like to to see people like complaining to Respawn and EA going like, Please don't do this to me. I can't play as a, you know, F-bomb. Mm-hmm. Not the F-bomb you're thinking. The other one. The one that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, people are so fragile. It's it's exhausting. Well, speaking of non-binary, uh, potentially, Frozen 2 had a trailer that dropped. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, because, because everyone is... is is convinced that Elsa is going to be gay in this one. Uh, to me, I don't care. It, she is fine. She's not fine. And I, yeah, I. It's it's really a case of like that's that's kind of up to the writers for me. Yeah. I, if that's the way you want to go about it, that's cool. If you don't go in that direction, it's fine. That like the section of the internet that has been has been pushing for Elsa to get a girlfriend. You know, the same section of the internet that wants Poe and Finn to hook up. Yeah. That section of the internet will have fun with it, whether you do it or not. It's fun. Yeah, and I mean, if, if, if they fun. they write Elsa with a girlfriend, I'm totally fine with that. I have no issue with her being gay. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, the, the narrative that a lot of people picked up on in the first one, especially a lot of a lot of folks that are, you know, if if not gay, the folks that are allies picked up yeah. on on the first movie as, oh, this this can be a very potent, uh, you know, analogy for coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, it could be. Absolutely, you can interpret it that way. And yeah, it's. I mean, if it is interpreted that way, it's not exactly a subtle analogy, and it doesn't pretend to be. So, no, and it sounds like it was intentional, although it's it's kind of uncomfortable if you think about, like, what is it, what are they saying? Like, yeah, so Elsa lets us go, she's herself. She nearly kills everyone as a result, and the only way she got out of it was the love of her family. Well, like, I mean, that's that's just a straight-up, that's just a straight-up uh, uh, artifact from the original uh, version of the movie where she's the straight-up villain. I mean, it's one of those, like, it's like, you know, you can tell, tell Disney's like, yeah, we actually had a message to say. I'm like, what about this? The, the message stopped after this half of the movie. Stop, stop looking at it. Please stop. Please stop making this analogy. It, we did it. We did it. Just move on. Point is, we have moved on now to uh, Frozen 2's trailer, which was an excellent trailer. A lot of people yeah. were saying it may be one of the best action trailers they've ever seen. It's pretty cool. And it, it is kind of astonishing that you realize this is, you know, a Disney movie that is primarily targeted for little girls who are going to buy the crap out of all the merchandise. And in the trailer, there is no talking and there's not really any new fashion choices necessarily to get kids buying new things. Like they could, if they released a trailer that was nothing but them trying in different dresses, 
they would have made they would have immediately had the dresses in stores for you to buy and but they didn't do that they're like no we are actually making a movie and i am watching it closely and i'm like did they encounter um autumn person how are they encountering the autumn person yeah it's like is that an autumn elemental i see there is uh, it, does it look like Kristoff is now in charge of some sort of reindeer army? Like maybe he's trying to find his purpose and all of this stuff. And I the more I'm watching the trailer, moment in the trailer, I laughed huh? really hard at I laughed really hard at Kristoff and the reindeer army because yeah. I immediately thought of Jurassic World and the Chris <laughs> Pratt riding a motorcycle uh, with Velociraptors alongside him. Yeah. But not in a bad way, though. I didn't laugh at it. I, I laughed with it, maybe. It's not laughing, but that's okay. And I, I'm watching this trailer just thinking, like, okay, how closely does this match up to the concept that I came up with, what, four years ago on No Right Answer as a goof? <laughs> in yeah, a, I don't know if it matched exactly, but it was pretty uncanny. I've and, and of course it's all just speculation. We don't know the full plot. We're all jumping to conclusions. And I, and if it turns out that uh, it, it they somehow have matched what I thought they could do for a sequel, which it could be, I'm seeing, I'm seeing fire elemental stuff in there. And I was gonna have the main villain. Obviously, you make the villain a fire based something to go against ice based. So I'm like. Let's see. This is very curious, but uh, it's yeah, pretty cool. Like it's, uh, I saw a headline that was like, oh, the Frozen 2 trailer came out and it made Elsa a superhero. I'm yeah. Like, um, I don't know if we want to use that word. I don't care for that word in this context. Yeah, she's not quite superhero. She's definitely training with her powers, which is cool to see. And it yeah, is a very I really, unique... I really dig the running into the tide uh thing that's going on there and it's it's funny because it's almost like it's almost like disney calling back to by the way so like moana as well yeah kind of like it was almost like it was almost like a parenthetical aside by the way moana as well <laughs> also moana um i think that other's really cool i'm excited for that and i'm also excited for captain marvel which is coming up next month kyle Man, it's coming up real soon all of a sudden. It's and coming up soon. My boy is totally into it, which I think is really cool. We we went to the store actually earlier tonight, and, you know, we got to go through the toy aisles and mm-hmm. press every single try-me button, and of course. it's a real process. But uh, we get through, we're in the, I, w- I thought it was weird, Target said a few years ago that they were doing away with the whole, this is the girl section and this is the boy section. And they all say that. After a while, yeah, I guess. But the problem uh, is they're still they're still lumping them in. It's not necessarily this is boy and girl section, but it's still like they're putting all the dolls on the doll aisle. They're putting all the action figures in the action figure aisle. All the Legos go in the Lego aisle. Yeah, like they and, still have them all sectioned out. It's not. It's just kind of unavoidable. This is. Just I guess. Like, I guess the problem is that the toys are coded to gender, and not necessarily that the store is organizing them that way. Mm-hmm. But. Anyway, that's all beside the point. Uh, there's there there are Captain Marvel dolls in the you know doll Barbie style section, sure. and and Robert Robert my son totally into it, totally just like oh it's Captain Marvel. I like her kitty. 
because they have you know the little doll has a little little toy goose the cat which of course is adorable it's just genius marketing like the marketing for this movie is getting better and better like they are oh god the website the cat poster my god it's website. like i spent finally somebody figured out how to market a movie to the internet this like the 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 website that they built for it the fact that if you sit there and wait for a few seconds the you have the lady from the, tra- the old lady from the trailer shows up and you can click her and punch her and it's I I punched her at least a dozen times just because I could. And, and because we're all fairly sure she's Creed. Yeah, and and it's just hilarious that they're the Creed. She's a scroll. Scroll, thank you. Yeah, she'd be a scroll. Creed, wow. good. Scroll, bad. And right, right. Yeah, and you know they're going all in on this. I uh, mean, the last trailer that I saw, she just crashes into a blockbuster video. Like that's they're oh they're going for it. They are finally like really going for the nineties nostalgia stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like uh she's also rocking a nine inch nails shirt in a scene. Yeah. Which is like, wow, that's that's really going for it. Um I will say that in one of the most recent trailers, well the Super Bowl trailer they had for her, we finally get to I think that's the one where we finally get to see like Fun Carol, which we're kind of missing because she seems so like so serious and that would have been my only like worry is that but carol danvers is also really fun and can be fun and i'm worried that that she's not going to be fun in this because it looks like she's being just like i am important for this purpose but it's very uh you know stronger faster harder higher and yeah very stone faced very totally cool and whatever choice they make with her i'm fine with it because i i trust them at this point to make something cool and but we finally got in a trailer where like a a a scroll like screes at her and she screes back at it i'm like there we go there's there's some there's some funness to that so that's fun yeah no i have every confidence that it'll be a fun movie because also it's brie larson and Mm -hmm. she's fun she she is very fun so I'm very excited for that movie, and I I am also excited for it to be something of an origin for Nick Fury and Phil Coulson. Yeah, that's cool stuff, too. Yeah, that's a very smart idea is, okay, it's definitely, it's her movie, it is not a two-hander, it is a one-hander, it is hers, mm-hmm. but also we should take this opportunity of a, of a flash, of a feature-length flashback to the 90s in the Marvel Universe to establish Nick Fury and Phil Coulson and S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Like, if 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 Carol Danvers crash lands into a blockbuster and is the only quote-unquote alien that S.H.I.E.L.D. has ever encountered up until that point, that's smart. That's really, mm-hmm. really smart. Mm-hmm. It's, it's smart plotting, and it's efficient, and it also allows... Samuel L. Jackson to be CGI'd young for an entire movie, <laughs> which is, it's interesting. And now we know this is why every Marvel movie has that de-aging CGI in it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's been leading up to this the whole time. There you go. Um, speaking of good Marvel stuff, uh, brief touch on this. I did, as you saw on Twitter, I finally took uh, Charlie to go see Into the Spider-Verse, which meant I finally got to see it. And I was so pleased with that movie. That's great, isn't it? 
it held just, up just as people said it would. I'm so pleased because it's it was kind of I was at that scary point where I had heard so much hype that I thought this is not going to work. I'm going to go in and I was nervous that I was going to watch. I'm going to go. I'm not going to like this, and I end up loving it. And it's I think it made a lot of really good bold decisions with the characters. Um, I was very happy that at, when we left. Charlie later said is like my favorite Spider-Man was the girl Spider-Man and the black Spider-Man referring to, you know, Miles Morales's black suit specifically. And I love that that's hit to him. He doesn't have any concept of who Peter Parker is. He just knows what a Spider-Man is and he thinks that a Spider-Man is cool. And so whoever chooses to be a Spider-Man is cool. And that's just awesome. And I'm like, this is really stinking cool. That is cool. Yeah, I, well, it, and, and it's special for my family because you know my wife is Hispanic, so <laughs> you know my kids, you know, uh, good or bad, my kids are very light skinned and mm-hmm. caught a lot of my features. So my kids pass for being fully white. Mm-hmm. So my son could be Peter Parker if he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to be. Never, ever again. <laughs> He is Miles Morales forever. And the best part is because of the way they they put this movie together, because of the concept of this movie, my son can turn to me and say, I'm Miles Morales, Spider-Man. You're Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And it doesn't break the continuity in his four-year-old head. No. And, and that's so brilliant. And Charlie, it's so Charlie, brilliant. Charlie was liking it, and he is... This, Multiple times now he's done this to me and he's done this to Shreya. He's come up to us. He's put his hand on our shoulder and just go, hey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Robert does the shoulder, the shoulder, hey, the shoulder. He does, it's just a shoulder thing. And I, I've told people, like, this is dangerous. My son has, has he, my son has so much game and he doesn't know what to do with it yet. He, with great power comes great responsibility, but he hasn't learned how to wield it yet. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's adorable and it's hilarious. And it was really oh, it was such a cool movie to see. I'm I'm really happy that Sony has made a good Spider-Man decision with this one. Um, I, I mean, I like the direction this is taking more than the Spider-Man Homecoming and uh, Far From Home kind of went. And I like yeah. those ones a lot. Well, people have said that. And I kind of do agree that I think Into the Spider-Verse might be my favorite Spider-Man movie. I, I mean, it's it's tough for me to say because I really, really, I mean, I have the, the classic nostalgia for um, Spider-Man 2. Although the, what I love is that Into the Spider-Verse, like, references that movie and, like, the other movies and so many other Spider-Man properties. And I thought that was really cool and really clever. You for the PS at the end, right? Absolutely. <laughs> That was Which one was, of the best PS. Again, brilliant. Like, oh. That was so good. Oh, no spoilers for this, but that that final PS was like, I had to stay, and I told Charlie, like, we're staying whatever, because I saw, like, it's a Marvel-based movie. They're going to have a PS. There's always something. And, like, most people had left the theater, and Charlie's like, why can't we go? Because he knows when the movie's over. The movie's over. I'm like, no, just wait. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. It's going to be something. And I was not disappointed in that final <laughs> Stupid scene. Yeah, but so I bet I, I bet I bet your family looked at you like, what was that? I mean, Charlie didn't know. It was just me and Charlie, and he didn't really know, but he could hear me laughing, so he kind of, you know, he knew that it was a good time. But yeah, uh, I I dig that movie a lot, and I'm so glad that that my kid, both of my kids, have spider folks to look at, you know, mm-hmm. and see 
that could be me. And that's that's very cool. I said something the other day when uh, the Ghostbusters trailer dropped. The one that we... I don't know if we touched on that in the last episode. I think we did, the Ghostbusters thing. Uh, I think I, we did. We yeah. did. I really, really wish that Sony would learn from Into the Spider-Verse and make a Ghostbusters animated film that unites the different continuities. Mm-hmm. Just, just do this. Like you could do the same thing you just did with Spider-Man with Ghostbusters. People will call you on it being the same thing, but if you do it good, it won't matter. Mm-hmm. And I just really wish that they knew what they were doing with Ghostbusters in the way that they knew what they were doing with Spider-Man. Finally. After yeah. years of not knowing. So I'll get what I want eventually. It'll just be like 10 years from now. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Spider-Man Endgame. Not as big of a of an anticipation for my kids as Into the Spider-Verse coming out on home video. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, don't get me wrong. We'll, we'll see Endgame. That's happening. Oh, yeah. Avengers Endgame. Oh, and yeah, Avengers Endgame, but I, I meant Spider-Man uh, Far From Home, yeah. which I, I, I get the subtitle and I get the I get the theme of subtitles that they're now going for with the Spider-Man movies. That's a really wonky subtitle. I think I'd heard someone's like hoping the third one's going to be Spider-Man Home Alone and it's just going to be a remake of Home Alone, but with Spider-Man. That's very funny. Speaking of Home Alone, very quickly, I want everybody to give a shot to Macaulay Culkin's new, like, rebranding that he's embarking on right now. Mm-hmm. That everybody is super weary of, like, oh, former child star, I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, like, oh, I heard that he was doing some kind of weird pizza band or something, I don't know. And, yeah, he did do that, because he's a really <laughs> weird guy. But, yeah. like, the thing about Macaulay Culkin now that I'm really digging is that he has embraced the fact that, yeah, no, my acting career that I had when I was a kid, that's so, so, so long ago. It's so over with. It's so mm-hmm. done. We're not, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm, I have a lot of money from back then. I'm a fairly young man, but I am essentially retired. Yeah. And I'm just going to become like a, a bon vivant, like a, a troubadour. Like I'm just going to gallivant from one odd project to another Mm-hmm. And if anybody has any problem with it, I really don't care because I'm only 35, but I have $25 million in the bank. Yeah. You know, like he's he can do whatever he wants now and he's doing whatever he wants. And for the most part, people are really kind of like rolling their eyes at it or shrugging at it because turns out he's a weird guy, you know, mm-hmm. to, to paraphrase Thor Ragnarok. Turns out growing up like that made him a little weird. Yeah. And he seems like a pretty cool dude. He has, he is, he has returned mostly to kind of be like, Hey, everybody, I'm like, I, I have kind of a goofy, like dad joke sensibility now. <laughs> and you're just going to have to deal with that. And I, I don't know. I'm digging it. I listened to his first new episode of his podcast, uh, bunny ears. Mm-hmm. And his first new guest, I say new because he did like a whole season of that podcast and then said, all right, I'm going to go off and do some other stuff. And 
he came back and it's kind of like, you know, first episode back, first new episode, good jumping off point. Mm -hmm. And his guest is the other former child star, Devin Sawa. (laughs) And it's a really weird back and forth of, man, both of you guys were really famous when you were like 12. Now you're not like at all. Uh, so what's that about? Mm-hmm. And Devin Sawa is a fairly normal dude, so you put him against Macaulay Culkin, and it was it was a weird, odd couple thing of like, I'm a normal guy, I have kids, and I work. And what like, is he oh, from? What do I know him from? Uh, Devin Sawa was uh, uh, well, he was Casper for the last like two minutes of the movie Casper. He did not play the voice of the ghost or any of that stuff, but when, uh, spoilers for the movie Casper, I guess, mm. uh, when, he, when he becomes a, a living real boy for like one song to dance with Christina Ricci, it's Devin Sawa. And uh, he was also the quarterback kid in Little Giants. And then from there, uh, when he, when he uh, became a teen actor, and then eventually an adult playing a teen, he started doing uh, a little bit of horror projects because he was in a horror movie called Idle Hands. Mm. That was like a horror comedy movie with uh, Seth Green. Uh, and then Devin Sawa was also in uh, Final Destination. Okay, that uh, one I've seen. So he kind of went in a horror direction with his career. Like he started doing like horror cheapies and straight to DVD stuff for a bit. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, he was in Final Destination, he was in Idle Hands. That, I guess, is the genre that belongs to him now. <laughs> but he's recently been in some other straight-to-streaming and straight-to-DVD stuff. He was in that, uh, one of the sequels to Escape Plan, the Stallone-Schwarzenegger crossover from a few years back. Hmm. Uh, I think Dave Batista is the lead in the straight-to-streaming sequels at this point. But anyways, that was a big, big diversion. Sorry about that. But give Bunny Ears a try. Give Macaulay Culkin a try. Uh, if you're if you're Red Letter Media fans, he was in a few Red Letter Media videos, and he was very, very good in those. Hmm. Uh, namely, the uh, review episode on, on Hackers from 1995, a, hmm. a ridiculous movie. And then he's in the Best of the Worst episode where they actually watch Home Alone 4. Oh, nice. So that's fun. <laughs> and yeah. He also appeared in the uh, Angry Video Game Nerd doing Home Alone games. So that that's was. right. That's right. So he's. A good and, one. and then he also did the Google Home commercial that was a big hit. Mm-hmm. They then uh, redid for the Joe Pesci Google Home commercial for the Super Bowl, <laughs> which that was very, very sweet. Like, I didn't see the Super Bowl. I kind of just, like, who cares? Mm hmm. But the one thing that I loved was that Google had the balls to be like, you remember the Macaulay Culkin commercial that we just did like last month? We're just going to air that again, only it's going to be Joe Pesci watching it and just kind of like smiling and laughing and making cute little comments about like the thing that got me so bad and made me almost tear up was, first of all, haven't seen Joe Pesci in what feels like 20 years, Mm -hmm. but also... First, the first moment he's in that commercial, he sees adult Macaulay Culkin jumping on a bed. And 
you know, now elderly Joe Pesci just kind of giggles to himself and he says, he's big now. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, Joe Pesci's adorable as an old man, for one. But also, oh, it's so cute. He's big now. Mm. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm in a cheese ball moment in my life where I'm very easily moved by little things like that. And look, if Google's going to just recycle a commercial, what a great ingenious way to do it yeah but anyways yeah macaulay culkin's kind of on some kind of a a rebound and i'm digging it and i think a lot of folks would dig it if you're into nice things he's he's very nice he's a very nice dude that's a hell of a tangent kyle so sorry but all all on a joke that that the next spider-man will be spider-man home alone Anyways, back to Spider-Man. Actually, anyways, let's go to Nintendo Direct. Let's go to Nintendo Direct and let's focus on that. Let's get directly to it. Um, So, yes, today there is a lot of cool news that came out today about stuff coming to the Switch that I am both excited for and uninterested in, but mostly excited for. There's a lot of good stuff. I think that's actually made of Netflix. What's that? No, no Netflix still. Of course not. (laughs) Um, no Netflix, no, um, things that were missing from this direct, uh, no net, no mention of Netflix, of course, or any other important services. It's weird. They have Hulu, but they don't have Netflix on switch. Um, uh, no mention of significant improvements to the switch online, which includes no mention of adding super Nintendo games to their pitiful catalog of games. They're slowly drip feeding out. Um, they are excited that they just released the February games, which is Super Mario Brothers 2 and Kirby's Adventure, you know, games I already own multiple copies of. So, I certainly am not caring. It's like, oh boy, I can't wait to pay, pay $20 a year to play games I already own still. All right, and on in some cases I own them on a handheld device, so I do not need to get them on a Switch. Um... Yeah, that's Neither. the one thing that Xbox, that Xbox has over the Switch at this point is there are not multiple copies on multiple devices of any of the games that are coming out backwards compatible from the original Xbox era. Uh-huh. Like, they're focusing specifically on games that you just can't get anymore. And, yeah, yeah that's a better way. Uh, anyway. Let's see. Also absent, uh, no mention of Animal Crossing Switch, um, which is fine with me. Um, it's going to take a long time. I know that from firsthand experience. It takes a long time to make those games. Um, so they just they just launched a, a, a pocket camper. What last year? A year or two ago. It's been a while. I mean, they already showed. They've they've already announced they're making a um, uh, Animal Crossing on the Switch. Like they showed that yeah. uh, when they revealed Isabelle as a character for Smash. That was like. <laughs> It's obvious they were going to. It's that's a yeah. That's that's a no brainer. Um, and so 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 they didn't mention Animal Crossing at all, which is funny because Animal Crossing was was uh, trending uh, at the end of the the direct. Kind of as a, it seemed funny to me that it was trending more than some of their other titles that were trending first. It's like because they so they did announce Super Mario Maker two. Um, smart, they kept it nice and simple. There's no confusion. You cannot possibly confuse this. Yeah, I think we're finally past, we're past the era where the word new has to be in titles. Yeah, where they, Wii U has 
being titles. Um, as soon as they started it off showing uh, Mario running through what clearly looked like a Mario Maker level, because it's clear you can tell the difference between a Mario Maker level and an actual Mario level. Because for the second, I'm like, for a split second, you see Mario World Mario, and like, okay, they're going to tease the actual Super Nintendo games on the Switch online. No, they're not, because clearly this is a fan-based game or like a fan-built level. So um, this is Super Mario Maker, and the question was then, is it just Super Mario Maker ported over to Switch? No, it's not. It is Super Mario Maker 2, and it looks really cool. It Like, they show off a bunch of new features. Yeah, they added um, a, a whole bunch of stuff, right? Yeah, ton of new enemies are being included, a uh, ton of new power-ups. They showed the cat suit from Super Mario 3D, or, um, yeah, Super Mario 3D World, which I adored on the the... The Wii U, I think it's actually, I actually like it more than I like Odyssey, but that's because I like the platforming sections of Mario games a ton. I'm a huge fan of that. In, in 3D World, it's excellent platforming. Um, they showed that off. They showed a lot of elements from 3D World, including the, um, like, the bell trees, and you can climb trees, so climbing is back in new ways. Um, they showed off, like, a bunch of, like I said, a bunch of new enemies, including the, like, piranha plant, like, the snake-like piranha plants that come out, and they show that you can make a pathway for them, and right. um, they showed a bunch of really unique new stuff that's like, wow, they're, they're really adding significant content to this. Uh, slopes, you actually have slopes now, so that's really cool to see. Um, they were showing that you can now make the stages um, move in a certain, like, uh, direction. So if it's like a, a moving stage, like let's say a uh, an airship type level, um, you can make it a moving level like you could before, but now you can actually shift like the, the level will shift up or down like camera-wise, so it forces you up or down, uh, which is really, really cool because they're, they're really pushing this one to... Clearly they're adding a bunch of features. It's like, wow, these are really great features. Like they are really building your tool set out. Uh, so it's, I'm pretty excited for it, and I mean, bigger than anything, like, Super Mario Maker 2, June of 2019, I'm like, what? You're, you're, you're busting out the, by the way, you're going to be playing it this summer. Oh, and of course, take all that with a grain of salt, there's always a very high chance that we're going to have something pushed back, but the fact that they're pushing, a lot of the titles they showed in this Direct are coming out this year. That's pretty huge. Uh, it's pretty impressive. And, you know, in, in regards of pushback, like I said with Red Dead Redemption 2, that's fine. Get get it done. Get it done right. Do it yeah. right. Don't, don't do the crunch time thing. Although, from what you've told me, that's not really a thing at Nintendo the way it is at everywhere else. But... I never experienced it. Some people did. I, I feel like there's not a lot that's going to hold back Mario Maker 2. Um, I am curious if the like level sharing and online stuff that was in the Wii U version, if that's going to be locked behind the paywall. I really hope not. I think that'd be not so cool if it was, but we'll I, see. If, if it were any other video game company, guaranteed it would be. Because, yeah. hey, another potential revenue stream, why wouldn't we? Right. But Nintendo seems like the kind of company to me that would leave that potential money sitting on the table, mm -hmm. especially, especially if it meant making things more difficult. I mean, I say this and I'm sure there are plenty of people laughing their heads off at me saying Nintendo not make things difficult, but yeah, 
Um, like, let's see. In, in terms of social features like that, Nintendo doesn't really seem to prioritize social features, even well, though their last box was supposed to be the social box. Well, the Miiverse was great, and it's a shame we don't have Miiverse. But moving oh, yeah, on to the things we saw. Miiverse. Uh, other things we saw, they they were talking about some updates that are coming for various games, including uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker on the Switch is getting an update with new levels, new modes, and I'm really bummed because I liked Captain Toad Treasure Tracker on the Wii U, and I completed it 100%. Once it came out on the Switch, I was like, no, I'm not buying this again. And they're like, now the Switch version is going to have even more levels you can purchase individually. I'm like, that's re- I don't, I'm definitely out. I've totally checked out. No thanks, not bothering well, with that's... this game. That's the way, that's yet another revenue stream. That's the way they yeah. get you, is uh, it's, they, they're not going to get you buying the same game again, so they, they got to appeal to that 100% completionist OCD thing that you actually specifically have. But Yeah, well, it's frustrating that this is, what I don't like is that they didn't just release the Captain Toad Treasure Tracker Deluxe with these new levels included to entice someone to purchase up. They included yeah. the original game, and actually it was missing features and certain things from the original, and now they're going to sell you new content individually. Like, I don't know. Not a fan of that. We'll see what happens there. That's not important to me. Um, Yoshi's Crafted World got a release date, which is next month, I believe. Um, really hard to have interest in that one. It looks really cute. It's just not doing it for me because it feels too much like Woolly World. From what I've seen, uh, just like a better version of Woolly World, or like a more more handicraft version of Woolly World, as opposed to like everything made of yarn. And I mean, Woolly World has a special place in my heart for working on it. And that was such a cute game. And I'm kind of still salty that it was such a beautiful game that was so much fun and has so much heart. And it was not necessarily panned, but it was ignored because they were like, eh, it didn't push things far enough. And now they're making like a whatever, we'll do that again. And people are losing their minds on it because anything now on the Switch, people lose their minds on. Like, okay, fine, whatever, don't care. Um, Smash got announcement that they're going to have uh, the 3.0.0 update is coming in spring. They didn't really go into details on what's going to be included in that, other than Joker as the first character will be included in that patch. They still aren't ready to show gameplay footage of him yet. So that's starting to be like, okay, just give us some more. And they did not give any new character reveals. That was a big bummer for me. I was like, I wanted some character re- I wanted at least one more character reveals. Like, I... I I know it's a selfish thing, and it's that entitlement of uh, Nintendo fans. Like, every Direct now, when there's possible smash characters we expect a smash character reveal and without one it feels like something's missing uh and that's what it felt like it felt like something here was missing so i was like i don't know here it's it's like it's like showing up for the big show and you know you only get the you only get the opener you know exactly and you know not like they need to add much more to smash brothers i just want the you know they have four characters left to tell me who they're going to be i want to see who they are I'm curious. Um, they showed off. What else did they show off? Well, the thing that made me burst out laughing and like start talking out loud to the odd, like my office, soon as I saw Tetris, like 99 Tetris. Did you see yeah, that? Tetris 99, yeah. T- Tetris Battle Royale. I'm like, I just screamed, what? 
They've done it. We've made this joke, but they made Tetris Battle Royale. And you know what? I haven't played it, but I am hearing from everybody online that apparently it is really good because it is just Tetris against 99 other players. Yeah, yeah. Like somebody somebody in my feed, I can't remember who it is, but credit to you, whoever whoever it is, uh, one of my buddies on Facebook said, now this is a Battle Royale that I could actually win. Yeah, and and it's, this is a battle royale that I could win without having to grind for you know seven to to ten hours before I'm any good, like most battle royales. Mm-hmm. Um, that was I would be terrible at it. That I, was I a crazy pressure. Yeah, that was a crazy out of nowhere. Like, hey, by the way, here's the thing. It's like, what? It was such an aside, and it was such a weird one, and it's such a odd idea. Yeah, but such a simple idea that it has to work. Um, let's see. They showed off a little bit more of Damon X Machina, which I couldn't have any more interest in if, or I couldn't have any less interest in if I tried. Um, I just don't care. It doesn't look like my type of game. I hear that there's like a mission mode demo out right now not gonna play it uh people have played it mixed bag no i don't care it's not my thing i'm glad they're trying something new that's cool um new fire emblem uh three houses trailer and like a lot of talk about it and boy i saw someone else on my feed had mentioned that they cannot stand just like exposition dumps about jrpg stuff and i can't agree more in uh like whether you want to play the game or not, they're the most boring things they can ever talk about. I don't care about, you know, watching. Here's what's going to happen in this game. It's like this is just way too Japanese. This is way too anime for me, and it looks like a gorgeous game. Like Fire Emblem Three Houses looks really cool. It. I don't know if I'll play it because I really did not like Fire Emblem Fates. I was super pissed that it was a trash version of Awakening, and which a lot of people are going to be like, oh, dude, we're no longer friends. But like, no, I'm sorry. Fates was not good compared to Awakening. Awakening was fantastic. But then again, Awakening was my first Fire Emblem game. So, of course, I'm going to say it's the best one. Um, With Three Houses, it feels like they took... It's like, what if Harry Potter and My Hero Academia and Fire Emblem all made a game together? Because it's like the whole purpose is that you are now like a professor at this school that teaches these three different houses that have like their own classes and things and they're special and and it's like what this is basically it's like so we have a gryffindor a hufflepuff and a ravenclaw and slytherin's not there so that's least smart and i'm just kind of like this wow you're not even kind of you're not even trying to hide the fact it's clearly harry potter um, like, what if Harry Potter was cooler than Harry Potter? And it looks, the game looks really freaking cool. And I don't know if I can handle it. And they did the same with another game. Uh, what is it? Astral Chain was their oh, big. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw the title, but I don't know what that is. Um, it's the big reveal from, that uh, was like their big, like, oh, and one more thing. Um, or not almost. Like, we have, here's a new game. Look at this. One of the last things they showed was this completely new game out of nowhere. It's made by Platinum, so it's Platinum. They're the ones that make Bayonetta and Wonderful 101. 
And everyone's like, where the hell is Wonderful 101? Why is Wonderful 101 not on Switch? I'm like, I don't know. I hope. I, apparently, they're still trying to get it on Switch. We'll see. It'll show up, apparently. Okay. Everything's going to show up, I, apparently. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this right now. And, and as with Chris as my witness, you will all hear me say this. <laughs> Wonderful 101 gets ported to the Switch. I will buy a Switch. It's a good game. It is it's... a good game. It is a game that was unjustly forgotten about. It is, it's a game that proved the concept of the Wii U. It really did. It, it's just, it was it's just a good... Uh, it bugs me that, no, that nobody remembered that game. Oh, the people who played it remembered it, and the people who dunked on it remembered it. It's such a good game, and it's a game that is exactly what people had been screaming about for years. Oh, we want a new, we want a new game on a Nintendo platform that's original, and we want it to be like a third party if it possible, and like a new IP, not just the same thing. And and it's like, okay, well, here's an original game concept from a third party developer that makes excellent games and has a great pedigree there. Uh, it's going to be exclusive to the Switch, so you have a reason to play Switch. It's going to or uh, to the Wii U, so you have a reason to play on the Wii U. And it's going to utilize the Wii U's features, and it's going to basically challenge you to learn how to play a new type of game and the reviewers totally just took a crap all over it because they didn't understand how to play it and instead of learning how to play it they just said it was bad which yeah. is such a bummer and it's like oh no and so and it sold poorly a lot of were, that's how a lot of people took it too like a lot of people played a demo of it couldn't pick up the controls in two minutes and said i don't like this it's because we're so used to being able to pick up any game now. And whenever a game comes out that the controls are difficult to learn, people immediately think the game is bad. And that's not always a that's not always fair. Star Fox Zero's controls were very different than what people wanted, and some people who put in the time said they're really good. I still think that was a misstep with the controls, at least not being able to turn off the controls that were already polarizing, but that's neither here nor there. Um, point is, on this Nintendo Direct, Astral Chain is this new Platinum game um, that we knew nothing about until today. And we see this thing, and I also can't come up with any cares in the world for this game. Uh, looks great. Looks fun, polished, all these good things. I just... I. So as I talked to someone else, like I am today at work, I'm like, I can't do anime games anymore. I just can't. I just can't care. Can't get into them. There's just certain tropes that keep happening with anime games that just always turn me off. Mostly, it's they all kind of look the same to me now. Like the art style has started to blend together. Oh well, that, I mean, you're you're preaching to the choir here. This is all the reasons why I can't do JRPGs. That and. I had a bad experience with an early one. Like I played like uh, what was it? Uh, Xenosaga. Had no idea what I was looking at for like three hours. It's it's tough. It's tough because JRPGs are very good. I do like a lot of them, and when I do put the time into them, a lot of times I do enjoy them. Um, and I have liked games with very anime aesthetic uh, to them. Like I really like Tales of Symphonia on the GameCube, um, and I would like to play more of the Tales series. I just never have because they're so long and involved. Um, and I'm trying to remember some of the other big ones, like, I mean, I, I don't hate anime aesthetic in a game. I just get exhausted with it. And today I see Fire Emblem Three Houses. I see Astral Chain. I see, um, what else am I seeing? 
I know I saw multiple other like super Japanese like anime style influence, and I just was. I I might also be like just doing like a knee jerk reflex to all the Kingdom Hearts three stuff that I've been seeing for the last week. <laughs> I I am burned out on jokes about Goofy being right next to you and being your sidekick. Yeah, I'm I'm over. I'm, I mean, Kingdom Hearts has always been kind of a thing that I've just kind of scratched my head at. I understand yeah. why people dig it. Obviously, it's... Oh, what, what's up, buddy? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Mm. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, I... What was I saying? Kingdom Hearts randomly. Yes, Kingdom Hearts. Which, there were no Kingdom Hearts announcements today. Uh, none of no Kingdom Hearts coming to the Switch. No, uh, it's just the Kingdom Kingdom Hearts three came out recently, and it was just a right, ki- right. <laughs> people yelling at me. Uh, it came out recently, and it was just a case of like the internet has to stop for a while because Kingdom Hearts three is a long time coming. How long has it been? Um, like, eleven years. Over 10, eleven. Yeah. Okay. Like that. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, other one game that did really make me pleased to see is that Dragon Quest XI is coming to the Switch and big flex there. Uh, it's getting it, Dragon Quest XI Definitive Edition with additions and like more stuff beyond the PS4 version. That's a big flex to be, and they're like coming exclusively to Switch. Like, whoa, that's that's a big one. That's going to be pretty big. And yeah, they're going to get me because Dragon. I wanted to play Dragon Quest Eleven. I hadn't yet. Um, they also were like, yeah, finally, like we mentioned that Final Fantasy um, 7, 9, 10, and 12 are coming out on the Switch. Uh, 9 is out today. It's like, what? Yeah, you can go play 9 right now. I'm like, oh, that is dangerous. And So these, are these the original versions or yeah. some facts? Yeah. So these it's not the like original, they're, yeah, they're ports. They're porting over the original, and nine is my favorite PS One uh, Final Fantasy. I think it is superior to Final Fantasy Seven in every way. Uh, there's a very high chance I will be buying that one and playing that for writing the backlog at some point. Um, which quick plug for that? Uh, stay tuned because I have five sessions of Breath of the Wild already recorded and one of uh final fantasy six so those are ready for you kyle whenever you're gonna gonna post those yeah yeah i'll be posting those within the next few days i i do apologize to you chris and to folks online i i've not been great about uh posting like facebook and twitter updates on what's on the site but the site has new content it's uh, a lot of a lot of writing the backlog from chris yeah it's all uh, okay because and i'm gonna this one like i'm it's starting something new because i have been updating it faster than i have been it used to be that i would do a full session or i would do a full like playthrough and then give you everything at once and now i'm gonna start making it like a regular updating thing so it'll be a little quicker potentially a little more closer to when i do it and we'll start with Final Fantasy VI with one session there, and then I got in a string of doing Breath of the Wild, and man, I the Switch, I will say this for it, it makes it really easy to take screenshots, so there's a lot more screenshots in these ones going forward. In session 3, 4, and 5 especially, I'm really having fun with screenshots so that you can really see what I'm doing as I'm talking about it, so that's fun. Well, um, I'm looking forward and, to those, and I... I thank you for writing those because I dig them. <laughs> Excellent. 
Uh, and of course, speaking of Zelda, the um, probably the biggest thing they could have dropped in this direct, uh, which Definitely biggest for you and me, I think it's giant for me. Um, the they're like uh, they did the oh, and one more thing. Here's one last thing to look at. Here you go. Um, as soon as the waves show up in this this teaser intro th- segment, um, I'm like, what are they doing? What's the waves? What's the waves going to be? And I'm like, it could be a lot of things. As soon as I see a boat, I'm like, it's, uh, it's Link's Awakening. They could, it's Link's Awakening. What's Link's Awakening doing here? What are they? What are you doing there, Link? Why are you back? Why are you about to wake again? And it's like, zoom in like that's Link. He's in a boat. And this, oh God, this intro looks gorgeous. This is like, this is like really good, you know, anime style intro. I'm like, oh yeah, I want to see the whole game. Like, like thinking like, is this going to be a game? Is this going to be a movie? Like, Link's Awakening would be a pretty, pretty dope movie. And they're like, boom, Link's Awakening. We're remaking the whole darn thing for the Switch. And here it is. And I'm just like, oh. Start crying because I'm like, uh, my first Zelda game, my first Game Boy game, the first game that did make me cry when I played it. Um, and, I'll... and just such a, a brilliant idea of, boy, I've been saying that a lot tonight. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> it, it's it's a real it's really well thought out to say which Zelda game should we remake? Should it be the one that is only available on the old old Game Boy? Well, yes, remake that. That's, <laughs> that's not, that needs a remake. That's not necessarily true, though, because Link's Awakening came out on the original Game Boy. Then they made Link's Awakening DX, which is the deluxe version, like basically the director's cut that was released for Game Boy Color, still also right. played on the original Game Boy. Then they have re-released that one on... Um, they it was on the 3DS uh, virtual console, which I purchased, so I replayed that on the virtual console. Um, and so you can play it right now on your 3DS. A lot of people have recently played it on 3DS. So it didn't, it's not like it has been gone and ignored and been released, no, but, 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 but this is a big re-release and this is, um, the first time they have shown that they're remaking a, a handheld title. I mean, it's hard to say because they did technically remake they remade it for, you know, Link's Awakening DX for the color version, although that doesn't feel as much of a remake. It was a very small, I mean, it's hard to judge because it's earlier graphics and earlier capabilities. They didn't do a ton of huge things for it other than add color and another dungeon to it. Yeah, um, I, I view that the same way as I view, like, the Star Wars Special Editions, where it's it's the same thing. It's just got bells and whistles, whereas yeah. th- this this remake, this, this is a full-on remake. This, this is, is a full-on ground-up ground remake. Up, I mean, great, this is great art style. I love the art style that we saw. Um, this is in line with what we've seen with Crash Bandicoot, Spyro the Dragon, Resident Evil Two, Mogern. Um, some really like stellar remakes of games of good games, and they're like here, let's remake these games in modern graphics with more like modern sensibilities for a new audience that may not have had them. And for the old audience who can't wait to play them again and experience them in a way that feels like the way they first played them and boy, seeing all the stuff they've got for links awakening on the switch. I'm just, 
Um, it is an interesting choice to do Link's Awakening, but it does make a lot of sense. They're not going to remake the original Legend of Zelda because that game cannot be remade because that game has been remade every single time they've made a Zelda game, basically. Yeah. Like, they much. remade, they re, already remade the original Legend of Zelda, and it was called uh, Link to the Past. And then they remade it again, and it was called Ocarina of Time. And then they remade it again, and it was called Twilight Princess. And then they remade it again, and it was called... You get the point. Um, They keep technically remaking that original game because the original game is so bare-bones. It's like, what if you did this? And really, Breath of the Wild is the real remake of the original Legend of Zelda. They went back to the basis of the original Zelda, which was... Big open world, go explore, no no point. Not, or not no point, but like no guidance. Breath of the Wild is much closer to that. Um, so they're not going to remake Zelda 2, partly because of the Black Sheep, and partly because that game is weird. Um, and I would be totally fine with a Zelda 2 remake. I don't think they're going to do that anytime soon. And it doesn't really make a lot of sense to remake uh, Link to the Past, because they did just release uh, Link Between Worlds, which was stellar on the 3ds and it's that's almost that a remake a bit though hasn't it um well that was 2014 i believe so i mean it's been five years from then but they did still do that fairly recently um ocarina of time and majora's mask have both been ported technically they're still ground up remakes for the 3ds and they were great definitive versions of those games if uh wind waker were... what's that I love the 3DS versions of both of those. I think that they are improvements on the 64. And again, that might get me with people who are no longer friends, but... Oh, no. I think the 3DS versions are superior to the X64 version. And Ocarina of Time was my favorite video game, and the 3DS version is the best version of it. Uh, I I tend to think that about a lot of DS versions of, of, of older games like i think the ds version of chrono trigger is the best version of chrono trigger again everyone believes sorry. that everybody believes that oh everyone thank goodness that. oh thank goodness i'm yeah. i'm not crazy and people won't stone me sorry kyle you're not original at all oh um they, re- they remade um wind waker still technically ported it from the gamecube to the wii u it still is a remake they did update it um, graphically, it wasn't a big update. They they smoothed it out, but it's still the core game. Twilight Princess is the same thing. That one was much more important than it was a remake, in my opinion. Um, so they have a history of doing this with Zelda games, but Link's Awakening is the first, like, what if we took such a basic, simple Zelda game and just made it in the new style in like knowing that we're going to have a classic Zelda game on the Switch in a new glorious art style and they're just basically saying hey the original Zelda style is not dead yet and i'm so pleased that they're still doing top down yeah Zeldas. oh oh boy oh no uh i agree with you even if my daughter might not <laughs> Un memento. <laughs> and mute. Well, we've had a lot of fun today, but what's not fun? Children. Ch- children are a tough one. Let me tell you what. We love them, but they're tough. Um, 
This is my portion of the monologue, I suppose. There's not much more, I think, on the Nintendo Direct that I could mention. Uh, I do really believe this may have been the best Nintendo Direct I've ever seen. I'm usually hypercritical of Nintendo Directs. Uh, when I watch them, I will, I'll grouse about a lot of stuff. I'll say, they're missing this, they're missing that. I could easily say, oh, well, they didn't, they didn't tell us anything important about Metroid Prime 4. We know the development was scrapped and restarted, but they didn't even say anything with that. Like, no, like, that's not important to me here. I'm not bothered they didn't show another Smash character. I'm not bothered they didn't show an Animal Crossing uh, anything for that. Um, because they showed us so much, and they surprised us with so much, and they gave us so many details for games that we knew were coming. We got release dates for a lot of titles. It's like for the first half of the year, we're going to have some big titles. We got Yoshi's Crafted World coming next month. Uh, Mario Maker as a surprise title. Mario Maker 2 coming in June. That's huge, and that's that's a big one. I mean, that's going to be their flagship at E3 for sure. I kind of am wondering if they're going to even have anything worth showing at E3 now, because that's kind of kind of phenomenal uh this was a great direct i'm really happy and excited for this uh this upcoming lineup and i don't generally say that about their the directs um very little of it felt like a dud to me um seeing games we knew existed or coming out again like dragon quest 11 or dragon quest builders 2 uh that looks pretty fun i might give that a go um yeah no i uh sorry i'm back Okay. Um, no, I yeah, I, I kind of agree with you that I, I saw a lot of folks online being like, well, this was a really safe and boring direct. I'm like, really? I <laughs> I've seen worse things happen at E3. I'm just saying this was I don't think this was a safe, boring direct. I, was, I still stand by. I think this may be the best Nintendo direct I've ever seen. Um, for just the stuff that they surprised me with and the stuff that they confirmed or like basically explained, like, here's things we needed. They still had a good amount of, hey, here's something right now. Um, here's something you didn't expect right now. Here it is uh, right now. I right mean, now is always, it is always a good uh, cushion for, hey, by the way, we didn't make it on this. Yeah, well, it's so good. It's like, hey, here's a new game you didn't know coming out in June. Hey, here's a game you didn't know coming out this year. Hey, by the way, uh, this game didn't have a release date. Here it is. This one, here's this one's release date this year, this year, this year. Oh, by the way, here's a, a, a beloved classic you didn't know that we, you knew it was coming, you didn't know when. Oh, it's today. Oh, by the way, there's an update to this game coming out today. Oh, by the way, here's a game you didn't know existed, and you can all play Tetris against 99 other people today. It's like, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Like, there's so many things that happened, and this was A+. plus. This is a good. This is a good direct. This is this is going to be the direct to beat. I think. In yeah, my... I, I I liked it. I you know I have a only a passing knowledge of a lot of stuff, but <laughs> you know the things that really got me were Zelda. Oh, Zelda, that's, I mean that's, that's that is for me. That's a firming of the concept that look we're doing these things for you as an audience, not as a not as consumers, but as, you know, this, this, if we're going to, to, to presuppose that games are an art form, all right, here, you are our audience, not our customers. Therefore, here's two or three deep cut things that are, you know, I mean, they're, they're for guys like you, Chris, they're not for guys like me who are like, um, 
Final Fantasy Nine? Yeah, I think I remember that one. <laughs> for more context on Nintendo games, like I play my Switch pretty regularly. I've been playing Breath of the Wild very regularly right now, um, and I've been playing Smash Brothers very regularly. Um, but I looking ahead, I was like, just like yesterday, I thought to myself, "There's really no games I'm gonna. I don't plan on buying any games. Like, there's no games that they've announced are coming out. Like, I'm gonna get Metroid Prime Four, but that sounds like that's probably at least two years out." And like, I'm not interested in anything else. And today they showed me two titles I'm buying this year, guaranteed. I'm buying yeah. Mario Maker 2 when that comes out in June. Like, yeah, that's a day one for me. I'm buying Link's Awakening Remake. That's totally a day one for me. Like, two games I didn't know. Now I'm going to be buying at least two games this year. I mean, that seems like nothing to people. I know there's so many people that just, they go through games like crazy. But for me, that's actually... That's pretty consistent. Like, I've bought, you know, I haven't bought a ton of games on my Switch. It has a small library growing, but that's... You also take advantage of a very robust library system that a lot of people don't enjoy. Oh, I got a good library system. In fact, I still have to play, like, my library system has uh, NES and Super NES Classics for uh, checkout, and I checked out an NES Classic, and I actually have to play a couple games on there. At least one. I I checked it out for a reason, so I have to actually play it. So it's like, is is it the original, like, cartridge? No, it's the NES class. It's the those the mini consoles they oh, came out oh, with. It's the classic. Oh, the classic. okay. Yep. I think I just heard you there. Yep, yep. So that's, it's that's pretty cool though. That's really cool, and it's <laughs> their lucky day uh, checkouts too. So it was possible to actually get them as opposed to have to go into the you know super long holding pattern of oh put a hold on that and maybe you get it in three years. It's like yeah, yeah, show up randomly, see if you get this thing that no one's expecting the library to have. Tight. Um, and I'm just I'm just running out the clock on that Nintendo 64 classic that I know is going to come eventually. I'm surprised it wasn't announced today. I was proven very wrong. I, mean, I had a lot of things proven wrong today. I, I was certain today we were going to learn about Halo and Master Chief and Smash. Proven wrong. I was certain, that if not that, we were going to find out we were going to get Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Kazooie and Smash. Proven wrong. That's I'm good. Surprised we haven't gotten them in Smash by now. They've wanted them in Smash. They were, I think, trying to get them into Melee. But by then, uh, by after Melee came out, uh, before Brawl, things broke down between Rare and Nintendo, and they went over Microsoft. But Microsoft has said, "Hey, we would love to have Banjo Kazooie on Smash. Like they seem to want it." And uh, I don't know why we, why anyone still thinks they're not going to show up in Smash. I feel like that's almost a done deal. If not, then it seems like something weird's going on. Like there's there's might be some pride issues there, but that that doesn't matter. Maybe that's one of those. Uh, maybe that's one of those third party characters. Exactly, and it makes the most sense. Uh, but now it's midnight here, Kyle. So we uh, we should wrap up. We should. As we talked, <laughs> uh, we've had a lot, we had a lot of fun and a lot of diversions today, um, <laughs> and, and, and a lot of monologues. Monologues. Uh, so, uh, as usual, you can find us on Twitter. I am at the Chris Pranger on Twitter. Kyle, you are? I'm at Kyle Martinak, which, so uh, by the way, the last name there is spelled M-A-R-T-I-N-A-K. Uh, the Czech spelling, I guess I would say. Mm, mm. But, yeah, I'm at Kyle Martinak, and uh, everything that pops up on the website, including podcast episodes such as this one, you can find that on Twitter at media underscore sandwich, or you can just cut straight to the chase and 
go to media-sandwich.com because for the life of me, I can't just get media sandwich anything. Some guy, some guy, some guy that his internet handle back in the nineties during the Captain Marvel's website, GeoCities days <laughs> decided that his name was going to be media sandwich and he snatched up everything. Oh, of course that one guy. Yeah. And I'm not going to be able to pay him for it because he did not respond to my emails. So there's a dash <laughs> for the actual website URL. And there's an underscore for the Twitter handle. And if you have any problems, just, just send me a email at media sandwich show at gmail.com. And I can help you out with the problem. If there is one. Yeah. And looking ahead, um, expect a right in the backlog. First session of uh, final fantasy six is going to go up within the next week. Uh, five sessions of Breath of the Wild are ready to go. Those will pop up after that. And I have a I have a casual Friday game review. I wrote a game review, which you wrote a game review. I wrote a game review. We bought a zoo, but I wrote a game review. <laughs> <laughs> and my game review is on uh, uh, mages. Uh, I always get the title wrong. I'm so sorry. I'm editing that right the heck out. Uh, and it's on uh, uh, Mage's Initiation, which is a uh, very, very long time coming uh, Kickstarter game from, boy, I want to say like five years back. It got mm. uh, funded and now it's finally available as of just like a week ago. So mm. uh, that's coming up. And then uh, I've definitely got a Crossing the Stream coming up. I'm not really sure what I'm writing about because I'm watching way too many things at the same time. <laughs> And uh, I'm not sure which one of them makes for a better article. I did need to take a break from Friday Night Lights because it was starting to make me sad. Yeah. And uh, and beyond that, we'll also have uh, Drat coming back soon. We've got a bunch of stuff we can do Drat on. We will we will record Octodad before the end of February. That's my promise. All right, we're shoot we're we're doing a moonshot on that one. In a moonshot, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna have Kyle play Octodad. Because I've never played it before, and it's it looks so ridiculous and amazing. So I'm excited. True. And then True. I've got other podcast stuff down the pipeline for us. I'm hoping to get that off the ground soon. And also, uh, I I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do another moonshot if you're cool with it. Shoot, uh, moon, man. I, I'm I'm currently writing a book. I've been writing it since November. I talked a little bit about it back then while I was in the middle of uh, National Novel Writing Month. Mm. Uh, I, I walked away from the book, like you should, in December. Yeah. Uh, walked away from it, didn't look at it, came back, looked at it a lot, mm-hmm. uh, got stuck writing the same scene for about three weeks. As you do. As some of us do. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I finally found a breakthrough and I'm back on the horse with, because uh, <laughs> I'm writing a Western, back on the <laughs> horse, uh, uh, at finishing that draft. So I, I am going to shoot the moon here and say that book is coming soon. You guys might actually get a chance to read it once I've made it not as bad. <laughs> once I've made it a real book. What a promo. Uh, Well, this promo in and of itself is a practice promo for the real promos, which will come with the real book, because right now it's a practice book. Of course. All right, everyone, uh, go, go, 
Go away now. Go, go get out of here. Get, go get, get out of here. Go get a sandwich. And and we'll we'll see you when we see you. Now it's my turn to do the uh, we're taking a break monologue. This is unprecedented. I don't know what to do with myself. Uh, Baba Booey, Baba Booey. No? Oh, hell. Um...